show on the road though okay we both both you and me we got stuff to do um uh i'm tired of planning the show <laughs> <laughs> i want to do the show already okay well, let's do it then okay so uh let's see what did we hear we just heard off the top of the show we heard uh these very famous people called uh, uh Her hermanos calderon hermanos calderon el caiman yeah okay yeah Okay, I'll put that in the show notes. Uh, okay, so what are we what are we talking about this? Uh, so you went to the to the hackerspace, the Norte Lab. Yeah, I have uh, good news and bad news. Okay, let's 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 introduce it a little bit though, because uh, maybe some maybe the last show we talked a little bit about uh, a hackerspace. Uh, there was an event that there was going to be organized at the hackerspace. You were going to go. It was yeah. going to be in Ensenada, which is uh, right uh, south of Tijuana, which is at the uh, north northwesternmost uh, uh, part of uh, Mexico. And uh, Ensenada, we talked about Ensenada being a really cool place. A lot of science goes on there, a lot of research, a lot of technology. And so, uh, so what what happened? How how did it go? Do you want the good news or the bad news first? <laughs> Let's do the bad news first. <laughs> the bad news. Okay. Okay. The bad news, or at least I was uh, kind of disappointed with this, is that Norte Lab 
that is called a hackerspace. It's listed in hackerspaces.org. Uh -huh. um, it's not really a hackerspace. It's more of um, a collective. And they organize events and, and workshops and everything, but there isn't any space. There, there isn't a, a physical space. Mm. When I asked the guy that uh, where was the hackerspace, he said that um, it was kind of a cyberspace. Okay. So I was kind of disappointed. But there's a lot of good news. Okay, cool. All right. Are they planning to? Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Are they planning? Are they looking for a place, uh, like a, an actual physical place? Then I mean, is that planned for the future somehow? Or okay, let, let me tell you how it went. Um, okay. I went there. I went to Searte, that it's a center for arts and culture in Ensenada and and all in in Baja. And I went there. I met the guy uh, and. He, I went because there was going to be a workshop called Electronics for Artists. Mm -hmm. So that, that was really exciting. And there were a lot of people, like 17, 18 people waiting. And I met the guy and said, come this way. And we went uh, like to a backstage full of stuff, you know, tables with, with electrical outlets and, and everything. I thought that was the hackerspace. So I was really excited because it looked really cool. Wow. And, but uh, I asked him, is this a hardcore space? Because I don't see a lot of computer stuff. There, there was a lot of, you know, stuff used in theater and everything. He said, no, this is a space for, you know, like... Uh, a storage yeah, space? Yeah, like, like, a like a storage. Like a storage, uh -huh. yeah. It was um, used for lots of... of it was like a multi-use uh, space then. Um, how, many, how many people went? Like 18 and most not notably, uh, a guy from Nordic Bostish was mm -hmm. there. Several people. Were they were they hipsters? You could divide it in two people: people that knew a lot about electronics but nothing about art, and people that knew a lots of art and nothing about electronics. Okay. So it was uh, difficult. Polar. It was polarized yeah. into the typical two camps that always go to these kinds of events. Then, at, at least of in Mexico. Of course. <laughs> No, everywhere, you know. So that guy, Miguel Monroy, it's he's head of North Lab or the founder. He works in Searte, and he's in charge of the multimedia department, something like that. He he uses Searte to. Wait, well, hold on. What's what's Searte then? What is that? It's a, a cultural center that has a gallery, projection room, a stage for place has a, a little bookstore several artistic you know spaces but what i found remarkable about this guy is that he's introducing technological elements to that place so that's that's really cool that guy is is really convinced of the hacker ethic and a guy that wants information to be free uh -huh. and that looks or approach work as a game, like, mm. like and he is a graphical designer. He's not a. Uh, he likes programming, but he's he didn't study. Mm -hmm. And his thesis, his is about the graphical interface of a Linux Argentinian Linux distribution. So, what's the name of it? Uh, I don't even remember. Uh huh. 
but I think his work is really useful because, you know, even distributions like Fedora or Ubuntu sometimes have uh, terrible design choices. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're going to talk a lot about that in this show, actually. What's the guy's name? The, the organizer? Miguel Monroy. Miguel Monroy. Miguel Monroy. Uh-huh. Yeah. So so he was a graphic designer first and then like moved on to more uh he already programmed before he was a graphic designer because his his dad something in electronics he works on and he always liked it and he told me something that even when he was a a child he he started with Commodore 64 and he learned basic when he was Oh, a, he had a C64, he's got to be a hacker, you know, he can't, he can't go wrong. Yeah, I, I was surprised at his way of thinking. Have you read The Hacker Ethic by Pekka Himanen, a book? No. It's a wonderful description of hackers, uh, classical hackers in the way of Linus Torvalds, in the way of Steve Wozniak, and that guy practically fits in the description that that book makes about mm-hmm. hackers. There was a pure data workshop in Tijuana at this place. Hacker uh, workshops in Tijuana or something like that, related mostly to media as well, because that's, that's kind of one of the things that I start seeing a lot with uh-huh. or, or sort of jumbled up or jumbled into or, or mashed into the, the whole hacker scene. And yeah. this, these guys are really ambitious in their own field. They, they want, they, they're not limited to – they want it all, you know? Yeah. They want to use these really uh, strange, wonderful, and powerful uh, frameworks for doing live multimedia. The more shit that they <laughs> connect to it, the better. And they're always doing this, all this crazy yeah. shit. They're, they're combining lasers with, with LiDAR and uh, Xbox Connect, you know, to scan the room. And if people are jumping, then the music changes pitch and, you know, all that crazy shit. Okay. Here's the here's the uh, here's the site I was looking for actually. Here you go. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just just sent it to you. So okay. if you, as you can see, oh yeah, I I I try to find these guys. They don't answer the phone. <laughs> really, I have been calling them. Yeah. I don't know if this. It's thing, fake. <laughs> this protolab, this stir of free arts and technology even exists anymore. They don't answer emails. They don't answer the phone. So I don't know what's up with them. It, it's fake. <laughs> it's fake. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know if we should. I should. I don't know if we should uh, restart uh, recording because the. Uh, yeah, it's uh, the sound quality is really bad, actually. Really? Well, maybe. Yeah. I, maybe we, we should go to a song. All right. Um, I like ship tunes and this. Um, MP3, it's a song by a guy nicknamed Lil Scale, and it's part of a kind of a contest called Laser Scale 2010 that uh, consisted in like five guys, shiptune artists, making one song a day, every day in 2010. So they ended up with uh, 365 songs each. And this is one of them, number 16. The sixth, uh, I am guessing this was composed in January 16. This song is uh, obviously made with a NES ship. It's called Demons That Devour Human Flesh. Let's hear it.
And we're back. Okay. And we have to uh, wrap it rush up. this up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, right. So I just basically just wanted to say that there's all these kinds of meetings, the 2600 meetings, the Super Happy Dev House. There's this other kind of meeting uh, every month or so. It's kind of web-related. It's more of a financial sort of uh, networking sort of sort of investor networking thing. It's Mexico only or Latin America only called Tequila Valley. It's mm -hmm. not so cool, but, you know, it is what it is, and it's kind of interesting. Sometimes a, a lot of people locally, a lot of people have been kind of shunning it, kind of saying like, yeah, we really don't want to go there anymore because not a lot of stuff happens, and it's not really – it's not really technical, and it's not also, it, and it's also not. A, there's not a lot of investors going around. So I mean, what? So the meeting kind of, you know, since since there's no real like focus to it, uh -huh. uh, it's, it can, it gets kind of pointless. So people, it, it's been dwindling down. Then we mentioned uh, the Proto Lab guys, the guys who kind of packed up overnight and have never been seen from again. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then this, this mysterious SD Hack Lab, we, which we just uh, found out about, that we really don't have any clue and we haven't, we don't have any time to read it on the air and kind of uh, elaborate on it. But we'll we'll get back to you. We'll get back to you guys. We'll explore all this and we'll maybe we can come up with some sort of improvised uh, G, uh, kind of. Uh, classification of, of hack of different hackers uh, different hacker meetings different hacker spaces so back to you you wanted to talk about your experiences with the Kindle so what's what's going on uh, well maybe my experiences with my Game Boy flashcard would be more interesting okay the Kindle I maybe later so that's that, so what about what about the Game Boy what did you do with it is this a Game Boy Advance the Game Boy no Game Boy Color I'm Game really old school with my gaming consoles 1998 Game Boy Color I recently bought a Game Boy Color and my real interest in it it wasn't because of the games it was more because I wanted to buy a flash cartridge it wasn't for because the of Game Pokemon? Boy <laughs> well I like Pokemon but it's more like there's a, a blank cartridge custom made, mm -hmm. and you can put whatever ROM you like in that cartridge through a USB cable. Mm -hmm. So there's uh, this ROM called SDA. It's, it's used for chip tunes. It's really hard to use, really. It's not really intuitive. It's what's, more what's the, like. What's the name of the software again? LSDJ. It's really cool. I mean, you can make music through the ship of the Game Boy and sounds really authentic. It is authentic, really. Right. It's the real and Game Boy. Exactly. And, and a lot of performers use use that live on stage. What? That's something that I want to learn how to use. So, how long how long do you think it's going to take until you uh, make your own tune? I mean, uh, it, this would be a nice place to debut your your masterpiece. You know. Yeah, that's the, I haven't thought of it, but uh, I don't know. It's really difficult to use. I mean, you have to learn from scratch. I mean, the screen just shows you some numbers, like, like <laughs> it only shows you binary. Almost, it's almost X. I mean, almost X. I mean, it's like. Uh, Is it in green and black? Have you seen X editors? Hexadecimal editors. Well, I've, I know what hex is, but I've never used a hex editor. Um, it's harder than that. More or less the same interface. Is it green and black? 
does it have, have Japanese characters uh, running down the screen? It's it wouldn't be much different to me. <laughs> <laughs> it would be the same. I will send you a screenshot so okay. you can see it for yourself. It's actually X now. I'm looking at it. So how long do you think it'll take until you make a decent chip tune from that? I'm guessing like a year or half a year. I don't know. I don't know. I have to try. <laughs> we'll be close on your progress then. We'll, we'll be checking into that uh, every every few podcasts. Maybe I'll show you something next time <laughs> so you can laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you could just say it's a really minimalist uh, tune inspired by Brian Eno or something like that. Stockhausen or <laughs> <laughs> Philip Glass yeah. or something like that. That would be probably a good, a good idea. So speaking of uh, smooth transitions, let's uh, let's talk about let's bash uh, <laughs> Unity. Okay, yeah. Let's talk about that. A lot of people are becoming really unhappy. First of all, we're we're talking about uh, Ubuntu because last podcast I said Ubuntu, which is wrong. Mm-hmm. You got to pronounce mm-hmm. it the right way, which is without the Ubuntu. Uh, Ubuntu. And then, <laughs> Ubuntu 11.04, and this is, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first time that a Unity interface comes by default. It's, it's... Oh, well, you can, if you count the netbook spin, in the netbook spin, Unity was default. I do have a netbook, but I didn't try it on that, because, like, you, look, let's, let's get one thing straight. One thing that netbooks, or at least netbooks, when I still had the money to buy one, netbooks <laughs> are not, they're not really conceived or made they're not resource they're not fast machines they're not powerful no they're, they're really slow they're really slow they're really strapped for memory strapped for for a lot of things so i don't really understand why they would release unity for a netbook i mean i haven't even tested unity i despise it so much i've, I've seen videos read a lot of reviews and i've read the, the conceptual uh you know the reasons behind why they want to do it the, the general principles, the implementation, and I don't like any of that. I don't even like how it looks. I mean, uh, oh. I've been following uh, Ubuntu since 8.04, and I've always liked how it looked. And this is the first time I, I really don't like how it works. I don't like how it feels. It's just yeah. Wrong. Where do we want to start with this? So how are we going to you know, uh, bash Unity? <laughs> There's so much ground to cover, and we don't have a lot of time. So how, do, how are we going to do that? Or do you want me to start? There's nothing Unity. There's nothing Unity has that Genome doesn't have. Right. It just takes up more screen space. You have Econ Bar in the left side of the screen, but it's huge. It's huge. It, it takes up um, a lot of screen real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, when you use that kind of menus for installing new apps and to Browse your apps and everything. It's, it's it's kind of more steps to do the same shit. Right. I mean, I don't like it at That's all. A good, that's a good point. I'm using the new Ubuntu, but it's uh, classic Ubuntu. I, I love Genome. I love simple interfaces. I love open box. I love... Command line. Command line. I, I love the simple stuff. I don't like, I like animation, but I don't need animation. I don't need huge icons. I don't need these stupid menus. I don't know. I don't like Mac OS. I I would buy a Mac if I would like that kind of interface. I don't know. Maybe I'm too drastic, but that's how I feel. No, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I think I think that a, a lot of people kind of 
they don't really understand, uh, you know, they don't understand graphic design. And I mean that. <laughs> yeah. I don't mean that in the in the sort of oh artsy fartsy sort of you know uh, art fag uh, slash uh, hipster sort of way. I mean in the real sense. I mean the the real rules about just real graphic design. They don't understand graphic design. And the other thing they don't understand is they don't seem to understand um, interaction design. Yeah, it goes hand in hand with graphic design. Interaction design is even is more of an art. Is more of a science. Yeah, you know, you have to take into account human psychology, behavior, perception, uh, cognitive science, all these other fields. It's a very, it's a very nascent field. It's just, it's just coming up, and 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 also it's a very multidisciplinary field. There's yeah. a lot of disciplines that contribute to 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 interaction design, and you really have to think stuff through, and you have to settle on interaction patterns and. Getting people to what you just said. I mean, that's that's a really good criteria. It's not the only criteria, but it's a very good cr criteria that you pointed out. You you have to make it so people have to click less to, to be able to make uh -huh. the same things. Or if they're going to click more, at least say, well, they click more, but you know they have more functionality or it's more simple yeah. or whatever. They get their work done easier or faster or whatever. They don't understand how graphic design works. They don't know how interaction design works. They just copy what they think that it works somewhere else. Because let me tell you, like, uh, my girlfriend bought a Mac. And even she complains that the interface is very unintuitive sometimes. And I've seen yeah. and I've seen that. I mean, uh, she showed it to me. They just try to say, oh, okay, well, Mac OS X is like the pinnacle of interaction design and everything's perfect with it. Let's just copy <laughs> it. Let's just copy it. But let's not just copy what they do. Let's try to make it like better and but also let's not only try to make it better let's try to make it like tweak it so much that, so we don't get sued <laughs> so what do you end up we you end up with shit that does it does just doesn't work because they it never gets thought out it does it doesn't see, it seems like uh unity and the unity team or ubuntu or whatever they kind of need like a really to think to think uh to rethink their uh not their development uh, schedule or anything like that, but to have like a beta team or a beta research, whatever, whatever that's called, like a filter, you know, the, the people who like beta test their, their graphic their yeah. interfaces. Yeah, I mean, that's a great idea. I mean, they should <laughs> test this not only with coders, not yeah. only with not programmers. Only with co right, and not only with their own coders and programmers, but with other people, other programmers or just other people in general, just users. People that know that kind of interface theory. Right. Office workers. It kind of reveals in, in a certain way how little emphasis this, this company has in terms of, of basic, I don't know, quality control, uh, common sense, you know? Yeah. I just have this inkling. I mean, Mark Shuttleworth, wasn't he like the second guy to the second space tourist or something? I'll, I have to Wikipedia that real quick. Here we go. South African entrepreneur, space. Space Adventures Tourist. There you go. Space Flight. So this guy went to space. I mean, whatever the hell. I mean, I, I'm not going to knock uh, knock on him for being a, a space tourist. That's great and all. And I'm, I'm glad he started uh, Ubuntu. It's a great project and it had really great intentions. But I think that this this guy is kind of suffering from the, the Apple, jo Apple Jobs, Apple Steve Jobs, uh, whatever. The Steve Jobs sort of syndrome because he's kind of <laughs> – I understand that he's trying to make a brand. I understand he's trying uh -huh. to do innovative stuff. I understand he's trying to make a distro that has real value, not only real value, but ver value that kind of distinguishes it from other distros, right? 
none of them stand out. So I understand this strategy. There's not only the uh, the technical strategy, but the branding strategy of trying to trying to distinguish itself from from the other alternatives. Even yeah. then. I mean, even then, I mean, you have to understand that there's ways, I mean, even if that's a really good strategy, you kind of under, have to, not not a, not every idea that comes to your head that you think it's a good idea is really a good idea. Not be, It's not subjective like that. It's not like, if I think it's a good idea, therefore it is. No. You know? And the other yeah. thing is like, not only that, because that's kind of like putting it in a very megalomaniac sort of narcissistic light, which I, <laughs> I really has. But I just I just think that, I mean... Steve Jobs doesn't do that. I mean, he every uh. every time like a good idea comes to him or he he has a new idea for a feature in in OS X in the devices or whatever, he implements it one at a time so people can sort of grow into the idea. He can sort of gouge how people are responding to it, and if the idea doesn't catch on or doesn't work or people just don't like it or ignore it, he just phases it out. If you introduce too much too many ideas at the same time, you're just gonna like overload people, and then they're, they're not. I mean, they're going to have so many complaints. They're, they're really not find a good way to um... – I mean, I'm sure there's like a barrage of complaints about this thing. I mean, if you, you see the um, on YouTube, you just see, you know, so many complaints. So uh, I just think that Shadow Work is kind of boxing the project in. He's doing this whole sort of walled garden thing where like, oh, don't worry. Remember XP, the first, ver the first version of XP? It's like, yeah. hey, Junior, just let Daddy do it. Daddy, <laughs> everything was a wizard. Yeah. You know, put this wool over your eyes, you know. Put your faith in Microsoft. Flojito y cooperando, you know, all that. I mean, what are they going to do next? I mean, are, are they going to say like, oh, well, you know, the GNU or BSD TCP stack, uh, that's not good enough. We're going to make our own TCP IP stack. <laughs> <laughs> what is it going to go next? I mean, they're going to do their own uh, file system too? Or what? <laughs> what? Uh, I, I I hope he doesn't listen to the show, so <laughs> you don't give him any ideas. Well, I don't know. Well, it's a debate. I mean, you could argue that that kind of choices are also uh, freedom, but I don't know. It's it's still. You think it's I'm framing the debate in in too much of a simplistic sort of a dichotomous it's like a fake di dichotomy well, you think I, it's more you think it's more complex than that then or what i'm saying is that in linux or gnu gives you the freedom to make to not use ubuntu <laughs> exactly it gives ubuntu the, the freedom to make up. their own file system i mean you you choose if you use it or not but i mean is it really necessary though and why is it so necessary? No, not really. I mean, I don't think so, but okay. That's a good point. Just because it allows it doesn't mean that it's, you know, it's actually good because you're getting locked in, right? Okay. So, yeah. I mean, I, what I if what the, yeah, what if the project goes? No, what, I see your point now. No, you don't. <laughs> so you can shut up now. Yeah. I see your point. <laughs> we, can end the, we can end the podcast now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so is that is that is is that is that, is that the show? Uh, do we want to talk? about I guess so. Do we want to talk about I Bin Laden? Uh, have more editing time for you. I'll, I'll 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 promise. I promise to keep quiet. I just I just wanted to bring up the legalities of it. I don't. I mean, I'm glad it happened somehow, but I'm I'm yeah. kind of sketchy. The legalities of 
having it done it of having done it that way is a little are a little bit sketchy so i'm i'm kind of interested i'm, I'm putting out my lawyers my international lawyers hat for that that's the way i've that's the way I'm kind of going to perceive the whole news. That's that's my interest towards it. I don't have any opinion though. But uh, how about you? What do you what do you think? Oh, I'm I'm also happy that Bin Laden is no longer around. Um, the about the the uh, is that they seized a lot of um, computer stuff. They mm. confiscated computer hard drives. CDs, the house where Osama bin Laden lived and died. <laughs> they, they, it didn't have a cell phone and an internet connection, so that was wise from a security standpoint. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm really curious as what security measures Al Qaeda had for their information. Right now, it's been analyzed, and they already uploaded some videos of Osama bin Laden talking and watching himself on TV. And but I want to know if they used encryption or what. What was their security uh, approach? Because they or the United States news departments and the government has always told us that they use secret methods of communications oh, yeah. and sure. they how they have had these uh, really advanced um, you know really advanced communications and but i wonder if that's true i want to know if they used encryption if they uh, if they had passwords in their computers, that's what interests. But they they haven't released too much information about it. All right, I guess that that does it for the show. You got a lot of editing to do because we we kind yeah. of uh... <laughs> we suck. I suck in English. You don't suck in English. That's the problem. You you're really good at English. You kind of get nervous and then you start sucking and that that makes me nervous <laughs> and I start it, it becomes a suck fest. English suck fest. I know. I I last episode that we received comments. I was uh, wow. Some somebody actually listened to the show. So I I'm more nervous now because I know. People are going to listen, and <laughs> there are people that they speak English. But uh, I'm I'm happy that I'm, we're we're doing this because I want to improve. So you have to practice if you want to improve. That's true. And for me, at least, uh, you know, two hours speaking English is exhausting. It's it's really tiring. I mean, it's yeah. uh, it's really a a mental effort. Yes. yes, it is. It's intellectually demanding sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. And I'm tired, and I haven't, I haven't, I haven't. I I I'm hungry right now. Okay, <laughs> your sugar your sugar level's gone down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Blood pressure's probably gone down too, <laughs> or up. An un- unrelated note, uh-huh. well, for everybody out there. For all your fans. Yeah, for my fans. I went on a <laughs> diet. It worked wonderful, uh-huh. but I'm now below my healthy weight. Oh, shit. I overdid my diet. <laughs> so I'm not – yeah, I, I'm unhealthy on the other side. I'm too thin. And on that happy note, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> I have to gain weight. So I'm going okay. to eat a pizza tonight. Great, great. Well, uh, next, yeah. next up podcast, we'll put your uh, physical address so they can send you, uh, they'll send you some uh, gift, uh, some, <laughs> some McDonald's gift cards or something. I would really appreciate if somebody would send me a Kevin Mitnick business card. I sent him $5. Maybe they got lost in the mail, but I never received my business card. So if maybe I could give my P.O. box. I'll send you one for $10. Bucks. It'll be fake, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> okay. From, so from Yucatan, this is Sikilpaque. Uh, And this is Mexicali from the other corner of the country. We couldn't be more far away. That's true. If we tried. But okay, I enjoyed this, even if it was really ex exhausting. Even, even if you still have to edit. Yeah. And I have to, I have lots to do. Oh, me too. All right. Yeah. All right, good night, everybody. Okay. Good night. See you. <laughs>
you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.